The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board of the Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who likes to spend his time on the Cape, Josh Barboni. Hi. How are me. you doing this fine evening? Mm, I'm good. Took a sip at the wrong time. Uh, was it, is that a Sam Adams I see you are drinking? That it is not. It is oh, a, it's a fat tire. Fat okay. Tire. I could. I just saw a blue and red label. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I mean, you live in the Northeast. That means you have to drink Sam Adams, right? Yeah, I've had every Sam Adams, so I'm kind of <laughs> over it. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. I do enjoy my time on the Cape. Uh, a long story time. I grew up on the Cape, kind of. All my summers almost were spent on the Cape. And then I lived on the Cape for my first year of college. And my honeymoon was on the Cape, Cape Cod. I keep saying the Cape as if like there's not other capes in the world. <laughs> it could have been Cape Fear for all we know. Or Cape Town or, <laughs> yeah, Cape of No Hope, <laughs> Good Hope. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I love the Cape. It's, I have like, I, I wish I could afford to live there, uh, but the winters are terrible there. So you really, and they only have one main road really that goes to everywhere. So the traffic is awful. <laughs> Well, so, I can see that. Uh, yeah, but I'm looking forward to to going. We're going down with our, our our board game group friends, and we're staying literally a block from my grandfather's old house, which will be weird to to probably take a walk by. But we're staying like an Airbnb mm-hmm. down there, um, so it should be fun. But yeah, and uh, uh, I had to <laughs> I had to ask Kyle to uh, have an improvised recording schedule. Well, right before we recorded on Sunday, I was like, oh, by the way, <laughs> I forgot to tell you I'm not around next Sunday. So we are recording pretty early. We're actually recording on a Thursday night for a Tuesday release. So we're way ahead of time, which is probably a good thing we're not doing any predictions because it'd be a lot of whack. <laughs> There's a lot of time between Thursday and Tuesday. so But we'd have a bigger window for our predictions to be right. That is another way to look at it. That's true. <laughs> we would have that larger window. So, yeah. So that's cool that you're going to the Cape, going to be playing some board games? Yes, yes. Uh, we're going to play Forbidden Waters. Ooh, okay. Um, I'm bringing Tiny Towns. I'm bringing One Night Ultimate Werewolf, which I still haven't played. Uh, I'm bringing all the Villainous expansions and the Villainous. <laughs> okay. Uh, Detective Club and two kids games. The so kid this actually... This actually, and I have to try to decide what I was going to do because I had an idea for your homework assignment for this week. Oh, you can give me homework. Week. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to change it or not because I think accomplishing your homework is going to be super easy. <laughs> yes, I would say if you want to give me board game homework, I need it to be a six to seven player qu- count. Which is why those specific board games are packed. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Because totally I was going to bring sense. Century, and then I was like, uh, that would really require people separating from the group to, to play that. 
you don't want to exclude some people don't you think at like some point over the long weekend you're gonna be like you know what you folks can just go play over there no. we'll play over here you don't think that's gonna happen at all that won't happen but th- we do tech we do sometimes find ourselves uh partner pairing up mm-hmm. so that we can play more people and we just like out like my ashley my wife and i will be on the same team and we'll just make collective decisions so that mm-hmm. more people can play so we could do that too if we had uh, a lower player count game that makes sense that makes sense well i, I want to think about it because what your homework project was going to be was going to be play a board game you've never played before Oh, well, I definitely will accomplish that this weekend. Right. I know. I know. I mean, so I don't, I, I feel like just because of your circumstance, I shouldn't change the homework, but we'll see. I was going to say, it's like if you're a teacher. Right. Suddenly the teacher's I'm like, like, I need you guys to read the first three chapters of Catcher in the Rye. And then like the kid raises his hand in the back. Uh, teach, teach. I, I already read the first six chapters. Oh, well, like, well, I can't give you that homework then. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but see, the difference being, though, this is not an entire class that it would impact. It's just you, Josh. That's true. That is very true. <laughs> so, hey, for the pregame this week, Josh, uh, you know, as we're getting into fall, and we've talked a lot about the the games that we want to be playing. We've kind of started, you and I have, since we game share, been talking about what we're going to p- play and wh- where we're going to play it and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, it kind of brought up the, the age-old discussion that happens from time to time. Uh, when should you pre-order games, Josh? Like, there are some people who are like, you should never pre-order. There are others who are like, hey, if you're excited about a game, go ahead and pre-order it, right? What mm-hmm. are? You, how do you determine if you are going to pre-order a game, whether it be a board game, video game, whatever, and if it's different, go through them both. But how do you decide if you're going to pre-order a game? Board games are different. Um, I don't really ever see... I guess you could view Kickstarter as like a pre-order type system. And right. that and that and the answer for board games will be the same for my answer for video games. I know a lot of people say some people say you should never pre-order a video mm-hmm. game. I think the more the correct f- term is um you don't have to pre-order a, board, a video game anymore because you can always buy it digitally. Correct. You know, we grew up in a generation where if you didn't pre-order a game there's a chance you couldn't play it for a month. Because they were sold out everywhere. I'm going to actually interject here really quick. What's the last game you remember trying to go get that wasn't available? Oh, like boy. that you tried to physically buy and wasn't available. And I remember this only because it's a game I still play to this day, but it, I did not buy it recently. You know, I can't I can't remember. I'll tell you a game I specifically remember, but it's not the most recent. Um, and that was Diablo 2. Because I was working at EB Games or Electronics Boutique at the time. And um, even though I worked there, I still couldn't get it. And oh. Diablo 2 was sold out for months. It wasn't just a month. Like, you couldn't buy games online yet. Right. So, um, that was like, I think I've said this on the podcast. I definitely have at 204 episodes. But, like, I just, I can't get out of my brain. Phone ringing. Hello, thank you for calling Electronics Boutique, where we're currently sold out of Diablo 2. This is Josh speaking. How can I help you? And then you just hear a click. <laughs> click. And I do you that for answered weeks. answered my question. Yeah. And because, like, we just got so sick of hearing ask, people ask if we had Diablo 2 in stock, and then you'd have to, like, look and see if other EB games had it in stock to do the right thing. But So that's the last game I can honestly remember, but I know there have been games since then that I've, like, walked into a GameStop where I couldn't physically get a game yeah and i think there are always the i don't want to say niche but the games that aren't as big of releases that 
can be more hard to track down physically. Like that's definitely, I think, become more of a thing in some ways. But the last like big game that I went to go by physically that I remember having to go to multiple places for was actually Overwatch. Really? Yeah, I, w- I had to go to three different stores before I was able to get a physical copy of Overwatch because I hadn't pre-ordered it. Uh, it was not a game at the time that was super on my radar. And I had some friends who played it, and they're like, hey, this is really fun. You should pick it up. And I, at the time, my internet was horrendous. So I didn't want to buy it you know, and download it. So I was like, well, I'll go pick it up. And I had to go to three different stores before they I, I found a store that had it in stock. Yeah, that's – yeah. I mean, that's – Kind of how it used to be. Like yeah. I remember buying Dreamcast when it came out, and you couldn't just get games. You just couldn't get games that you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to, um, well, uh, we're going to talk about something similar to this later. But I remember when I had the Atari Jaguar, there was the Aliens versus Predator game on the Jaguar. I just couldn't buy it. Period, because it was only sold at Toys R Us, and they were always sold out. I just never, I never owned it. I was never able to play it. They're the epic games of their day. Yeah. Epic know, right? game store of their day, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so, um, uh, you don't have to pre-order a game anymore. When you should is, well, when, when there are pre-order bonuses that you want. That's only, the only time you should pre-order a game. Uh, well, I, that's not true. If you, uh, like we talk about, yeah, our our game purchases a lot. If you want to allocate your spending earlier and not try to spend all your money, like say like four games are coming out the same week, right? And you know, a, a year or six months or three months in advance, that's a good time to do that. Like, hey, I have sixty bucks now that I won't have. Mm-hmm. Then that's a good time to do it to like ration your your funds. Um, but really, it's the pre order bonuses is what it comes down to. I mean, I I tried to pre-order Far Cry Six when it was announced, and Best Buy canceled my pre-order and didn't even tell me, and I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know it was canceled um, until not that long ago, like six months after I pre-ordered it. <laughs> yeah. So it's also like a gamble too. Like you don't know if the game's going to get delayed, if they're going to get canceled, if they if the retailer over pre-ordered their collector's editions or whatever. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. I don't ever really feel the need to pre-order, uh, except for our conversations when we're talking about like, hey, what games are we getting? Mm-hmm. So then like I know like, okay, so I'm going to get this now or like I'll pre-order this now. I did it with Outriders and stuff like that. And then I had to cancel my Outriders pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> what oh, do you man. think? Uh, so the nice thing about video games is that for the most part, if unless you're trying to get a fancy collector's edition, which those you typically do have to pre-order to get all of the bells and whistles. But if you're just getting, you know, a few pre-order bonuses or you're getting like the digital deluxe edition or something, unless you're in a situation like you mentioned about money where you're trying where it's easier for you to kind of budget your money appropriately or it's like, hey, this game comes out in September, but I'm not buying anything in July, so I'll just buy it in July. So that way I have it in September. That makes perfect sense to me. The nice thing though is that almost always reviews come out early enough where you can still pre-order the thing digitally to get the pre-order bonuses. Yeah. If you're, or, if that's something that you're waiting for or cancel it or cancel if it. If the review is bad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that is the nice thing. 
Uh, and yeah, I you know I ordered a couple games for us recently, so that's kind of what made me think okay. of this as far as uh, <laughs> you know when when do people pull the trigger on pre-orders and how does it work? Now for board games, I think board games though are much more like old video games in the sense that on Kickstarter, like if you don't back it then. You genuinely might not be able to get it unless you're going to spend significantly more for it. That's true. That's a good point. So that is kind of the one thing about board games is I really think about, okay, do like how strong is my desire for this game or how how badly do I want to play this? Because if I don't do this Kiss Carter, there might not ever be another printing of this. Like this might be it. So my only way to get it is like, you know, we talked about Sleeping Gods last week. Well over $250 right now if you want to buy that game. Because it's just there's no print more print runs of that game. There's no other way to get it currently. Um, and, you know, unlike video games, which are like, hey, just download the digital game and you'll be fine. So, yeah, I do think it is different for board games because of that. Uh, but video games, in general, I tend to, if I know I want it, I just order it whenever I think about it. Basically, yeah. when I'm like, oh, I should do this. Uh, if I'm on the fence, I might wait for reviews just to see. Uh, but for board games, uh, I am much more apt to pull the trigger uh, earlier or sooner um, if it's something that I really think that I want because uh, that might be kind of your one shot. Now, um, Tam, Tom Vassell, Tam, Tom Vassell, the Dice Tower, always says that good game, if a game is good, it'll get reprinted. Yes. You know, he, he does say that. And while I think that is true, for the most part, uh, I do wonder about, like, Foundations of Rome. Like, we haven't gotten that game yet. Who knows when we're going to get it at this point. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be good, right? Yeah, I mean... but. But I have no idea if a game of that magnitude is going to be reprinted. Right. And and that's a game that will only ever be sold on Kickstarter, too. So, like, you have to wonder, like, what's their intentions? Um, but I I don't know. I know that there's, like, this weird group of people. I don't know. Maybe they're not weird. There's this group of people online who are like us who would, who would uh, kickstart Foundations of Rome, seeing that it says it won't be sold in retail. And like the technicality would be like, well, but we can sell second edition retail, and those people would get angry. And That's I true. and I don't support that because these people need to make money, the creators and the companies. So like, I hope they sell a second edition if they can. I wouldn't be mad at Emerson or Arcane Wonders for selling their game in a second edition after Kickstarter, but I just. I don't understand. I, well, I do understand because we have to deal with it with video games. It's the whole yeah. every game needs to be for me kind of mentality. I would not be surprised at all to see a if they were to do an additional printing or second run of Foundations of Rome or one that went directly to retail, that it was like um, Castles of Mad King Ludwig, where you had just like cardboard pieces that were yeah. in the shapes or like New York 1901, like that style of game yep. where you're just placing cardboard pieces down rather than these big honking miniatures and buildings yeah. that this game has. So for sure. Yeah. Cool. You can't, you can't sell a $150 game at target. It's not going to happen. Well, just think about how many, <laughs> how, like how few of those games you can get on a shelf. Those things are huge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Two games on the <laughs> shelf. Like... <laughs> so, all right. So listeners, what are your thoughts on pre-ordering? Do you pre-order games? Do you not pre-order games? How do you decide? Let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts. But with that, we're going to move on to our typical housekeeping here. So thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at BoardWithVG on Twitter, or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also BoardWithVG. 
We're a proud part of place of video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. Just like some of our producers have Edwin Kahlo, AJ Pentecost, Chris M. Devontias, Joe Wilson, Josh Borboni, Nick Creature, Nick Fallhaber, Paul Calicote, RJ Kern, Stephen Keller, Zach Adams, and of course, Horse Girl 69. But the most important thing is just that you listen to our show and maybe share it with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. Josh, it's obviously been a short week, only like three days between the times that we record a podcast, so did you have a chance to play some stuff in that time? Well, yes and no. I did remember today I left something out recently. I think, at least I think I did, or I, for, or I forgot I mentioned it, um, but I think I didn't mention this. Uh, you feel free to correct me if I if I did. Okay. Um. So, did you see the first game on my list? Did I mention this before? I think you have mentioned it, but I don't think it was last week. I think it was quite a while ago okay. that you talked about wanting so, to play it. Maybe so specifically. Okay. So, uh, yes, I did jump in to Sea of Thieves again. For uh, it's been so long. Um, in the in the Flux Suppose, uh, which is a podcast Discord. Um, some of our, our PSVG listeners are, talk, are playing Sea of Thieves um, and doing uh, Sea of Thieves uh, nights, and I was having some some serious FOMO with that because it's a game I really enjoyed, and I played it a good bit when it first came out, but it's really a game that is meant to be played with people. And um, I thought, you know, uh, I, I, I saw this Pirates of the Caribbean content and I thought it looked really cool. And I watched um, some streamers like Bruce Green um, play it and it looked like a lot of fun. So I just figured since I installed it in case I could play with the Flux Suppose guys, uh, I would have it ready and updated. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I'll jump in. And, my, and actually, um, I did it during the day uh, when my son and wife were in the room. And we tried introducing my son to Pirates of the Caribbean because he really likes pirates. Um, we didn't know if it'd be too scary for him because uh, he's like four. We showed him Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> and I wouldn't say he was scared. He just didn't really get what was going on. We didn't wake him watch the whole movie. We just kind of started the movie. I'm like, isn't that cool? That's pirate ship <laughs> and stuff like. Just- Have you tried the Pirates of Penzance? Or I don't Penzance, even, depending on who you talk to. I know the name, but I don't know the context. It's a music. It's a it's a, it's a musical. Oh, I like musicals. I could yeah. look it up if it's. Yeah. Can you watch it somewhere? I have no idea. Oh, to be honest, you just like <laughs> referencing a '60s musical or something. <laughs> uh, so I I was like, okay, I'm gonna boot up Sea of Thieves, um, and I wasn't even planning on doing the Pirates' Life, which is what it's called. I was just kind of I wanted to jump in, see where my character was at. And try to remember what I unlocked because I know I did enough content to unlock some things. So I was kind of messing around, and I played solo. So I had my own my little dinghy, you know. And as I was like looking at my quests, uh, because when you log into the game now, it asks you to pick um, solo, like the regular game or the pirates game. And when you try to highlight over the pirates game, it tells you you need more than one person. So I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. So I can't pick that. But when I went to the regular game, 
I was actually able to do the pirate stuff and solo. So I was like, okay, I guess that's weird. So I did it. And I will say uh, this, the pirate's life plays like a single player adventure game. It's kind of incredible. Um, You go off the map. So you're not on the same map as regular players, but you are for a little bit. So there was definitely, because it's like real time sailing ish. I definitely could have been raided like for 20 minutes because it took me about 20 minutes to sail (laughs) to my destination. But once I got there, I was able to do um, the story missions and like it wasn't just a regular, it was like platforming story missions. It was very cool. And they got great voice actors to reprise, like to, to cover these roles. And there's a lot of, and like, there's like a lot of cool, like, I guess I would call it remixes of the Pirates of the Caribbean song from the ride. Mm-hmm. And, and my son was eating it up. He loved it. He was like, oh my God, look at that. You got to go check that out. Go to that cloud. It looks like a skull. <laughs> and like, there was ship combat. There was land combat. There were puzzles. There was fully voiced story. It was a lot of fun. So here, this is what I would say. If you like Pirates of the Caribbean and you have Game Pass you need to download Sea of Thieves just to do, and I've only done the first chapter of Pirate's Life, and it was so much fun with Davy Jones and Jack Sparrow and and all the stuff. It really felt like playing the movies. It was a ton of fun. Very um, cool. So I had a great time with that. That was a lot, and I would I'll totally play with anyone who wants to if you let me know because more people the better, and it's easier. I'm like <laughs> at the I have to steer my ship. I well, first actually, here's here's just so <laughs> I have to pull out my anchor, lower my sails, direct my sails, direct my boat, run down, load all of my cannons, all this indivi- all by myself while the boat is now moving in the water, and then get run back up to the steering wheel so I don't hit an island or a rock, and then go back down to check the map to make sure I know where I'm going. It's hectic, but it it was worth it in the end. <laughs> gotcha. Hey, uh, really quick update for you, just because you know, since we're talking about pirates, yes. gotta give do some fact checking here for you about the Pirates of Penzance. Uh, you know, it actually was a it's a Gilbert and Sullivan production, so it actually premiered in you know uh, a little earlier, yeah, a little bit seventies, eighteen seventy nine. Okay, it's um, only a hundred years off. <laughs> but there was a movie version uh, from uh, from 1983 okay. that stars Kevin Kline, Angela Lansbury, Linda Ronstad, you know. <laughs> um, and you actually might know this, Josh, because uh, The Pirates of Penzance includes the very well-known song, I Am the Very Model of a Modern oh, Major yes. General. That yep. is from Pirates of Penzance. I do know so, that song. There you go. See, you know, you know this stuff. And I can almost sing it, and I'm not going to do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I know the tempo it's in too. I think, I'm, what have I heard that in? Uh, okay, and then the, the only other game I've really been playing, I was trying to think, I was like, there must be another game I played. But no, oh, there, there is, it's in my homework. Uh, I did forget about that, uh, but I did do it. Spoiler alert. Uh, well, Aliens, you can just talk about it now. Okay, okay, so first Aliens Fireteam. So I played that with uh, Lucas Rose, <laughs> a former PSVG Prime, current Fluxpose fame. Um, again, we just played actually right before we recorded because I had an hour 
um, a free time, quote unquote. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I love this game. It's so much fun. And it's tense. And there's, there's some good old fashioned jump scares. And uh, I guess the best way to describe it is World War Z meets aliens. And if you haven't played World War Z, it's like Horde Mode meets aliens and if you haven't played gears of war it's like <laughs> aliens the movie <laughs> um but i've talked about it before so i won't go crazy into detail but um, um they just added a new class in the up in the update for free so there's a, new, a whole new class the phalanx class and uh, they added new gear as well so having a lot of fun with that uh really enjoying it for 40 bucks uh i think they blew aliens expectations out of the water based on previous aliens games for me um okay and then the last game i'm playing uh, uh which was assigned to me for homework by kyle two weeks ago or a week and a half ago is humankind which is is uh, definitely a civilization game um the only besides age of empires which i wouldn't consider a civilization game but it definitely has the same similar play style um, I played Civ five a long time ago with some of the PSVG folks who like, like always we all tell each other if we buy a game, we'll play it together all the time. And then I played it with coach Mo like twice and Lucas, I think, and then I never played it again. Uh, but this definitely fits into that category. What is different about this is one, the art style, which I actually really like. And, in like civilization, you pick a ruler, and you can pick from like Cleopatra, um, Socrates, all these different like leader type characters. And this one, you're crafting your own leader, and you can kind of decide if they're going to be like a benevolent leader, or a dictator, and like some of their quirks. Um, I will say, in the time I played it, none of the decisions I made came into effect in the game. And maybe that happens later, as um, but I did at least uh, advance two ages when I played. Um, and what you're doing is exploring uh, unoccupied territory, and you're building your civilization. And if you run into combat situations that similarly played out to like Risk, where you know your your armies are weighed out by numbers, and you're kind of you're not literally rolling dice in this, but it's, it has a similar like effect to it. Uh, what do I want to say about this game? I played for, I don't know, four or five hours, maybe. I enjoyed it, but there, I, what I, I was hoping to play Civ 6 before I talked about this to kind of give a, um, other opinion, like a, like this is the other option out there. So maybe I'll try to play Civ 6 next week and try to give like a comparison but um this game when you fail it doesn't there's not really like a clear defeat it kind of lets you flounder and struggle and i didn't like that aspect because like it came to a point where i couldn't progress my civilization anymore my armies were basically defeated but the game didn't end oh It, it kept letting me like Move bases, or not bases, like move towns and and cities. And I was like, well, what's the point of doing this? Because I can't, I don't have any resources to 
um, do this. But but I will I will say this: the the tutorial I think is very good because one of the things the tutorial says is, "Hey, you're not going to figure this out on your first or second or third playthrough. It's going to take you some time to figure this out. We're going to give you." I mean, and I mean, they literally say that. It's not like like uh, like they say. Um, you know, play this. You're gonna fail, and you're but you're gonna learn all these systems because we know we're giving you a lot to learn. And and they're right; they're giving you a lot of mechanics to learn. And I I know I for sure didn't learn everything, but my four or five hour playthrough was my only playthrough. I didn't try starting again; like that was my first attempt. So I'm not giving up on the game at all by any means. Because I had a lot of fun playing it, but definitely the last hour was more was very frustrating, mm-hmm. and I didn't enjoy that part. So I think in the future, the next time I play it, when it comes, if it and when it comes down to that, I'll just scrap it and start again. Gotcha. So, so I don't know if I'm gonna have to pick a new leader type when I go back, or if I can just try again with the same guy I crafted. I'm not sure, but. Um, it's on Game Pass, so Game Pass, so like try it out. Like if you're interested in civilization games, like this is a civilization game. Yeah. So, but only on PC. Oh, it's not an Xbox. I thought it was. I don't. I I think it's only on. You're pro- PC. I mean, you're probably right. I wouldn't want to play this on Xbox to be clear. <laughs> right. Even if it is on on uh, Xbox, like unless you're hooking up a mouse and keyboard, which you can do. Yep. Uh, it's definitely a mouse and keyboard game. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I I, my, I believe the game is only on PC. So yeah, awesome. Uh, so for me, Josh, just a few things that I've been playing. Um, I'm just gonna throw out there again. Played a few more hours of Sleeping Gods, uh, the board game I talked about last week from Red Raven Games and Ryan Lockett. Just the more I play this game, Josh, the more I like it. It is so good. I, like, uh, I I, I don't want to just keep ha- heaping praise upon this game, but I'm really <laughs> enjoying it. It's really thoughtfully designed. Uh, the combat scenarios are not straightforward. Even the easy ones are, or I should say the quote-unquote easy ones, you have to think a little bit about what you're doing, and then as you get up to the more challenging ones, like you really have to be thoughtful about what you're attacking you and in what orders. Uh, and the story is interesting, and I... I I could see some people getting frustrated because like I had mentioned before, you're trying to go find these totems and we got our first totem, but in a mission that I did not anticipate we were going to get a totem from. So there was really no indication that it was going to happen. It was just our curiosity of meeting this new character that was introduced. That was really interesting. And we're like, well, let's see where we'll pull on this string and see where it goes. And we ended up getting a totem out of it, which was great. (laughs) Um, and, And that was awesome. So, I, I could see some people being frustrated by that, that they're like, well, how did I know that this person was going to be important? Because obviously we had different choices when we interacted with this person. Um, it was someone who we had the choice to kind of save or not save, and we just chose to save them. Uh, had we not, I don't know what would have happened or if we would have still been able to get to the totem. Like maybe we could have because we had to go to a different location on the map and all this other stuff. So potentially we still could have gotten there, but really interesting design thoughtful design the the writing is is pretty good overall um but yeah really enjoying it still throwing surprising things out at us uh regularly uh my partner said that <laughs> sleeping gods is a good version of seventh continent 
Whoa, burn. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was her that was her analysis. She's not a fan of Seventh Continent. Uh she thinks it's too finicky and too uh, there's like way too many options of what to do. Um and that Sleeping God's a little more structured, a little more streamlined, uh, and she finds that to be much more enjoyable. So yeah, Sleeping God's still really enjoying it. Nice. Um the next then as far as video games go, uh just a couple to talk about. First one being the game called Fist which is an acronym that stands for Forged in Shadow Torch. Uh, this is a Metroidvania um, from Thai Games. I believe it's Thai. It's T-I Games. Um, and published by Billy Billy. Uh, this is one of the games that was originally announced, I think it was back in like 2017, as part of PlayStation's China Hero Project, hmm. uh, which was them supporting indie developers in China uh, to make games... With, I think, I don't know if all of them will eventually come to the West, but with the intent of at least some of them uh, coming to the West. So, like I said, it is a it is a Metroidvania. You play as uh, Ray or Rayton, who's a, um anthropomorphic rabbit, and he has a big old fist on his back <laughs> that he uses to punch <laughs> things and th- grab things and throw things. Uh, but it is very much kind of you have, it's a 2D side-scroller. You're kind of going around, unlocking additional powers, which allows you to access places you couldn't get to before. Uh, So very much in that classic Metroidvania style. Uh, And honestly, it's just a really solid Metroidvania. If you like that style of game, I think you'll really like Fist. If you don't like Metroidvanias, I don't know that you're going to like Fist. (laughs) It really, it does some interesting things with combat and that with different weapons and attachments you can get. And kind of how you navigate the world. The feel of the combat is a little bit different than most games. It's much more methodical. Where every time you get into a fight, your character is just slow enough that you typically can't just run up to the person and hit them before they can do anything. So you have to be slightly thoughtful with every new screen you go onto and every interaction and fight that you get into that it's not just like go in their guns a blazing. Almost always you have to either jump or duck or do something on your way to the enemy uh, in order to not get hit or take some damage along the way, which is interesting, right? Like, I'm, I'm pretty used to these games where I just kind of, you know, <laughs> just jump in there and start just destroying everything as fast as I can. And with this one, you definitely can hit things hard, but you have to be a little more thoughtful about how you're going to get to your enemy. What Are you going to punch them, hit them? And there's definitely, like, a wind-up for every, for every punch and hit because you have a big fist on your back. So it takes it a second for that thing to get going. Uh, but overall, really enjoying it. Fun game. So if you're interested in a Metroidvania and have um, a PlayStation or a PC, um, I would recommend checking out Fist. It's a good time thus far. Wait, a PlayStation game that you can also play on PC and the internet isn't on fire? I know, right? It's totally (laughs) fine. PlayStation and PC only right now. And everyone's okay with it, seemingly. (laughs) Uh, Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) Um, And then the other game that I played... Uh, was the game that was assigned for my homework from Josh a couple weeks ago. That is Aliens Fireteam. Um, I had an adventure trying to play this game because I downloaded it not long after we had talked about, like, you had assigned it to me. Yeah. And then I went to go play it yesterday, and it had an update. And I was like, <laughs> I just downloaded this thing. Like, how does it have an update already? And then I, I think I sent you the picture that my update said it was going to take, like, 10 hours. No, I didn't get that. Oh, I sent it. To, I I sent. Oh my, I wonder if you got any. I I sent you multiple messages last night. Um, on Discord in, in private chat, and I, I literally got it was like the download came. Oh up yes, said, yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> ten hours. I'm like, what? I was gonna play this tonight. Like, how am I supposed to deal with a ten hour download? Right. 
Well, it didn't end up being 10 hours. It ended up like after about 10 minutes, like sped up considerably and it got updated. But then my controller was like bat low batteries and like every, I felt like everything was against me as I was going to play this game last night. But I did get a couple <laughs> runs in an Aliens Fire Team. And let me say that for the most part, Josh, I agree with everything you say. I think this game is fun. I think that it, I'm sure, is much more fun playing with others. Yes, um, I, can, the, I can confirm that. <laughs> yeah. The AI is not horrible, but not great. Uh, they went down a few more times than I thought they would. Uh, I was like, yo, is, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> like, uh, So that was a little challenging. And then, you know, the Xenomorph sort of just attack you. And you're like, well, it's now I have to attack, fight all of these things all by my lonesome. Uh, but overall, really like it. I think it's a, there's a little weirdness, I think, with kind of the arcs of some of the grenades and things like that. But it's fine. Like, nothing that I'm like, yeah. uh, I hate this game. My one criticism to this game is that this is the perfect example of why when people get really upset for Call of Duty, like being the quote-unquote same game every year. Yeah. But dang it, Call of Duty feels amazing every year. It feels so good to play. The shoot is so smooth and fast, and like the shooting is good. Like this game just feels so stiff in comparison. Yeah, and and I think that's more of a budget thing than it is anything else, right? Like I don't know that that people weren't trying really hard to do all this other stuff, but I think in playing a game like this and then playing Call of Duty and all that stuff is just something that you clearly notice how smooth and fast and everything feels when you're playing Call of a game like Call of Duty. Versus, you know, a double A tier shooter. Sure. Still sure. fun game. Still could be had, fun had there. But just everything about like aiming down sights and like picking out thing, it just feels just slightly a little off. You know, like again, not bad. I, I really enjoyed my time <laughs> with it. I would, I would love to play it with other people. Yeah. Um, but because of like the way that it just the game feels, I don't know how much I'd play it by myself. Um, but glad I played it. Glad I have the opportunity to hopefully play it with others. Um, really kind of cool world. I will say that the attempt at scaring me didn't work very well because, <laughs> like, as you run, like all of a sudden, like you have steam that's like psh, that shoots at you, and like random like ceiling panels falling. Sometimes for no reason. Sometimes there's xenomorphs. But like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I get what you're trying to do here. But if you do this all the time, it really isn't as effective. Well, it, we got to the second chapter today, and it. It changes. And I actually, okay. it was funny because I'm talking to Lucas about Returnal. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second. This map is like just like a biome in Returnal because it's outside oh, really? now. It's not, oh, okay. it's not inside. So a lot of things open up and there's like doors that randomly open and you can hear them opening. And it was very much like coincidentally. And probably my brain was just talking about Returnal because I felt like I was playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it really had a, a new feel to it and um, more exploration like because the first time I played I did like the mission briefing and it was like you missed the hidden cache and I was like oh I'm never missing a hidden cache ever again so I'm checking every <laughs> nick and cranny so then Lucas and I were doing that so like you're just fighting endless waves of aliens just trying to find right. a hidden cache and actually, Returnal is probably even a better comparison to draw because third person and third person rather than third yeah. person and first person. Yeah. Like, even just how smooth Returnal is, like, in comparison, like, aiming and, like, all of that stuff. And, like, how you, like, because this game, like, when you snap into cover, like, you snap into cover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's very, like, mm, chunky as you do it. Uh, and so I think 
that, like I said, I think that's just a, you know, time and money thing. More time, more money, it would be smoother. But it's still totally, it totally works. There's, it's not bad. It's just you can kind of see. I think that's where you can see the differences between double A AA and triple A games. Sure. Yeah. Forty dollar Xbox Series yeah. X game, like, uh, looks great, plays great. Mm-hmm. It's basically a skinned World War Z. Yeah. With next gen, next ish generation graphics. Yeah. So, but yeah, like I said, it, it especially for the price, uh, and if you have some friends who want to play it, I think it could be a real good time. So that's Aliens Fire Team. Okay, A plus for you. Hey, thanks. I give you an A plus as well. Oh, thank so. you. That's All right, kind Josh. Of you. <laughs> <laughs> what is your first topic this week? Oh yes, we're doing stories too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, one of my favorite. One of my previously favorite digital card games. I guess it was. It's one of my favorite digital card mm-hmm. games. Not previously. Um, has now entered the physical board game space as Soulforge opens on Kickstarter. Now, I think we may have talked about this before, or I mentioned it, but I didn't really understand the full grasp of what this is. Uh, because Soulforge, the digital card game, is a game where you evolve your cards as you play them to strengthen them. <clears throat> and that was kind of it. You would have mm-hmm. a deck, you would have decks, and they'd be based off of, uh, if we're going to use magic, well, let's say they are based off of elements ish. <clears throat> and this game isn't different in that regard. However, um, this, I almost said Andrew Garfield, uh, which would have been an interesting, <laughs> an interesting board game from Spider-Man. Um, this is a Richard Garfield game who we now all know from Magic, Netrunner, and Keyforge. And this is actually, it's also bringing in uh, Magic Hall of Famer um, Brian Kibler as well. Um, but this isn't a pure digital version of a physical version of a digital game they are taking it to the next level and they're going full garfield (laughs) so um mondays are terrible and lasagnas every day but also they are doing keyforge style decks and that being said um you i want to go to the kickstarter first so the kickstarter has Funded. Funded in 26 minutes. I'm happy to say I am a backer. Um, at the uh, bundle tier 2, which comes with two play mats, a starter kit, a dice tin, and dice. Um, so, but, Josh. Yes. How did you decide that you were going to... I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, what this game is going to offer to you is it's a two to four player game. It plays in 30 minutes. and the way the game works is it's going to come with in the starter set, which would be 40 bucks if you wanted to do the start, the base starter set for unique decks. Now, keyword unique. So they're going kicks. They're going key forge route on this um, for forge born cards. So if you've ever played. Um, uh, oh, shoot. Where did I put it? Um, why am I forgetting the name of uh, Shards of Infinity where you have like heroes? Mm, yeah, which is also done by which is done by the Ascension people and who who also do Soulforge. Um, 
uh, you have four Forgeborn, which are essentially the heroes, uh, and minion two twelve double sided minion cards, two paper play mats in the base set, a Kickstarter exclusive tin, which comes with fifteen custom D ten dice. So, uh, where this kind of becomes magic is when you play the game, you're taking those four unique decks and you're going to decide to combine two of them together. So think like a red and white deck in Magic. And you're going to have your Forgeborn. So that's where I was like, because I was thinking to myself, how are they going to add the evolution element to the digital game? Because you could get like up to uh, evolution three on cards, I think, in the digital game. But it's the more you play the card, the more it evolves. So it's not just like, hey, I have this Evo three card. It's like, no, I have to play this Evo one card so many times before it evolves to two, etc. So I was curious how they were going to make that work. So that's how they're going to do that. They're going to give you this giant 124 card uh, divided by four per deck to choose from. That how And then going from there, they will also be selling uh, individual uh, kits, booster boxes, if you will. Which a boost box includes a unique deck from each of the four factions. So that's 128 cards. Retail is going to be 30 bucks. I think that's pretty good just in general. Um, but if you want to do the Kickstarter, it's 27 bucks. So basically, the way this works, and I want to get down to this um, informational bit if I can find it. There's going to be 15,000 cards in the initial base set for this game. And as as um, as Justin Gary, who who runs, uh, who owns, who owns, who helped create Ascension, says uh, the the algorithm creation of the decks because the decks are alg- algorithmically created, like Keyforge, um, means that there are functionally infinite possible combinations for this. What I like about this, and what I think differentiates this from Keyforge, is you're getting a full game. When you back this, I mean, you are with Keyforge too, um, but you'd be none the wiser if you bought this game and didn't know you could buy booster packs because you still have four decks that you can mix in these different ways you want every time you play with somebody different or if you play with four players. Uh, that I mean, if you four, play with four players, I think you do need at least another booster set so you have enough cards to do that. But basically what they're allowing you to do is uh, make this interesting mashup of Ascension, Keyforge, and Magic for the deck-building fan. And I don't think 40 bucks is too much uh, to ask to get in for a full game where you're getting, you know, how many cards did I say? A thousand cards? Something like that? No, a thousand cards. 124 cards. Yeah, that's way less than a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Plus the kicks, custom dice, the tin, the, and right, like right, right. the maths and stuff. Like, uh, for me, I just wanted to, to talk about it because it's something that I'm very interested in. And I kind of love everything that Stoneblade has done, even down to like to Ringmaster, their two player tiny little card game. Do you have, as a former Magic, great, mm-hmm. and uh, a non Keyforge player, do you have any and an ascension player? What's your interest level on this, and what are your like positives and negatives on this? Well, interestingly, I did play Soulforge 
Oh, you did? The app. The nice. app of Soulforge I did play. Now, I don't think you've been able to play that game, though, in like a couple of years at this point. Like, I don't, at least on yeah, iOS Yeah, I think Android. Play Deck got rid of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but I did play, and I vaguely remember how to play it. But really, this does seem, like you said, like this is like, I mean, I don't want to say it's just Keyforge and Soulforge like slammed yeah. together, <laughs> but that's real, and it's even called Soulforge Fusion. Like that's really what it is, right? Like yeah. you have like your little boss people, and then basically two Keyforge desks that you mix, and that's it. Like that's what you're doing, and then you're just playing your two cards a turn, and remixing after three turns and going again, and like upgrading your boss in between. Like that's really what you're doing, right? And that's not bad. I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all, but I'm like, wow, this just really, really seems like exactly like keyforge and in a lot of ways like the fact that you can like scan your decks in and like all of that so that they're legal in tournament play like really really specifically very similar uh to a lot of the things that we saw done in keyforge uh, with that being said i am interested in this i actually was going to pick this as one of my stories but then nice. i thought about it I'm like josh is definitely going to pick this so i'll just leave it because i know how much you love we're like um, an old every- married couple <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just knew I like you. You really enjoy uh, everything Stoneblade does for the most part. So I was like, well, we'll just we'll just leave this for Josh. I have a feeling he'll go for this one. Uh, <laughs> but I'm interested. I have it. I have it uh, saved. So I yeah. will get reminded with 48 hours left um, about backing this thing. The thing that always comes down to it for games like this is, will I have someone to play it with? Right. Right. And that's always the hard part about these games. Is like I am all about them. I think they're very fun. I don't know if I have someone who will play it with me is the hard yeah, part. Yeah. <laughs> so, but this is cool. I do like a lot of what they're doing. I like the fact that, you know, you, like you said, you do have the option of if you want to invest more and get additional, um, like starter kits and starter decks and all that good stuff, um, or boosters, I guess, as they're calling them, like you yeah. can, or you don't have to, you can just kind of go with what you have. Uh, I do wonder a little bit about the number of cards that they say that they have. Like that seems like a lot. Yeah. Crazy amount. Yeah. Yeah, but that, you that gotta like, think uh, each card has two upgrades of it, so they're probably counting them individually. Oh, that could be a good point. Good point. So it's like divided by three, so it's five hundred cards. That is a little more reasonable. Yeah, because uh, I was, I was <laughs> like, how in the world do you reasonably balance that? Because yeah. oh goodness gracious, you know, Magic can't even balance two hundred sixty-five card sets that they release. You know, like how in the world are you going to re- balance fifteen hundred cards? Um, but all the games like this that let me back up the thing the what is neat about these games is they take away the intimidation of deck building yes yeah but the bad things about these games is they take away deck building <laughs> right because once yeah. you get into these types of card games like building your own decks is a significant part of the fun for many people now there are some folks who just net deck they want to just play whatever the best deck is and that's all that they do and they don't care but being able to kind of build your own deck, granted, you can kind of do this, right? Because you can like unshuffle the two that you mix together and pick a different one to mix yeah, with it. So you yeah. can kind of still do that, uh, but it takes away uh, the really like minute details of like, how am I going to have three or two copies of this card? You know, like how many lands am I going to have exactly? And, and what's the split going to be? Kind of takes away all of that stuff. Um which some people are really, which I know some people really like. But overall, I think this is cool. Uh, I, I think it, it seems like a really neat and inventive way to take something um, that was a digital game purely and something that was a physical game purely and kind of moosh them together into something that seems like it's going to work. It seems like it could be a really cool experience. So I'm going to keep a close eye on it uh, and, and we'll see if I jump in. But like I said, my only big hesitation right now 
is whether or not I have someone to play it with. Nice. Speaking of um, uh, Keyforge, do you do you have the um, chain Ollies in your area? Have you ever heard of Ollies? No. It's like a bargain store. Um, oh wait, are you talking? Are you saying Aldi's? Like no, 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 Ollie. O l l i e s. No, then no. Okay. Well, if people uh, who are listening have them. Um, I, 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 we just had one come in. We haven't had them in Massachusetts before. But they came in recently. Um, they're like they like buy liquidation stuff mm-hmm. and sell it cheap. So like they have like we're lucky because they have like a bunch of transformer stuff we can buy for my son and um, Bakugan, I guess. But I saw someone on the board game group post, um, "Thank you, Ollie's again," and they f- they are selling um, Keyforge Age of Ascension two player starter kits for five bucks. And I went to my Ollie's, and sure enough, there they were. Five bucks for a twenty dollar set, and I was like, "Ooh, if I if I was still playing Keyforge, and I didn't already have a couple of these, I would do it." Um, but they were also selling like a booster box for like eight bucks at the at the place. Really, that's a hundred dollars. <laughs> oh man! They did not have them at my store, but the person okay. who took the picture did, and I was like, "That's why I went there." I was like, "I gotta find these." So, <laughs> if you have an Ollie's around you, check out. See if they have Keyforge because I still think Keyforge is a great game that um, has still has a lot of replayability. I still have like I can't even tell you thirty decks I haven't played yet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes, Soul Forge Fusion. It's on Kickstarter. It's funded, so if it's something that you want, there's no risk because it's gonna happen. That's right. That's right. All right, Josh. So my first story is you know. Something you might not be aware of is uh, there's this little gaming convention called Gen Con, and it's still happening in 2021. Crazy. Right around the corner, in fact, right? <laughs> and we're not going. You're not going. I'm not going. But you couldn't I was pay like, me hey. to go. <laughs> I know, right? But I was like, hey, let's look at someone who has been a little more thoughtful and a little more connected to what's going on in the board game world. Uh, let's let's just pick a, a, a most anticipated list that exists out there for Gen Con 2021. And let's take a look at the games that are on there. Not to judge the person's list because everyone has their own like uh, <laughs> desires of what they want to play. Yeah. But just for us to look at their list and say like, hey, how many of these games are we interested in? Sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. So one of the lists that I found, it's a little big, so we'll probably go pretty quickly here. Um, is from The Gaming Gang. Um, on August 26th, they posted a list of the 20 highly anticipated board games arriving at Gen Con from Jeff McClear um, over there. So, Josh, one of the great my great joys in looking at these lists is know thinking about like how many of these games did I know of, or how many sure. of these games in reading this list am I like I have never heard of this game before? Because uh, even as someone who's pretty like I like to feel that I I keep up to date with board game news, sometimes I realize how little I do. <laughs> so we're gonna go through this um, and just see what our thoughts are, Josh. So the first game on Jeff's list. Caesar sees Roman twenty minutes from PSC Games. Yeah. Uh, ever a ever heard of it, Josh? What are your thoughts? Seem interesting? Not seem interesting? What do you think? <laughs> I never heard of it, and I despise the title of "Sees Roman Twenty Minutes." <laughs> that does not sound interesting to me at all. <laughs> uh, Caesar, I'm. Uh, that is an interesting topic to me. Um, I like Caesar I, salad. I yeah, I love Caesar salad. I like. I'm very fascinated by Roman society back in that time period, but mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> seize Roman 20 minutes. 
literally takes me completely out of even wanting to know about the game. So uh, I don't know much about this game, but I do know that PSC Games, uh, I believe PSC is Plastic Soldier Company. Okay. <laughs> like they typically make war games. Um, so I think this is their attempt at making a approachable uh, war game is my guess. Just don't market that. Don't. That's not. <laughs> I don't know. That's just a me <laughs> thing, I think. No, that's okay. That's okay. So, you know, Caesar sees Rome for 20 minutes. Doesn't seem like something that is uh, up for Josh and I as far they as. They also should have spelled it with a C. Sees Rome in 20 minutes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, Josh, why aren't you the mind marketing? Goodness gracious. Okay. Uh, the next game, then, Clash of Cultures Monumental Edition. Yeah. Uh, so, Classic Cultures, classic game. Uh, definitely a game that has been around for quite some time and, and, and a game that is pretty highly regarded. Uh, what are your thoughts on Clash of Cultures Monumental Edition? Do you like that better than Director's Cut? I liked it until I read about the Seven Mighty Wonders, and I was like, oh, okay, I've heard of this game. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's called yeah. Seven Wonders. Uh, <laughs> no, I actually am unfamiliar with Clash of Cultures. I know I've, I know that I've always heard about it, but I have never seen it or played it. So, um, I'd be interested in checking it out. I just think um, Woods Kids, Woods Kids hasn't done a lot of games for me, so mm-hmm. I kind of just don't know that, and I don't know why. Um, maybe this could be the change, but um, I'd be interested in checking it out. The art looks nice, at least on the cover of the box. So yeah, uh, has over three hundred resculpted buildings, seven unique sculpted wonders, yeah, two hundred plus cubes. Josh, Lots we got a game. We're waiting. We're waiting for a game that's gonna blow this one out of the water. If you're talking about sculpted figures, so uh, it is one hundred fifty bucks. Whoa. So it's pretty pricey. <laughs> uh, but Class of Cultures, uh, if you're wondering, listener, uh, overall rank on BGG, the original one is three twenty six. Oh, uh, so you know, pretty well regarded game there. Um, and this, like I said, from what I know. Um, which again probably isn't much, uh, is just kind of refining and bringing back kind of that classic game with with a few bells and whistles. So I'm that, sorry, uh, $150 and it only comes with eight plus dice. <laughs> Unacceptable. I'm well, out. It's plus. It's eight plus <laughs> dice, Josh. Oh okay. boy, there's a lot. There's there's a lot of text in this game. <laughs> <laughs> there is, yes, yes, there is. Yes, there is. Okay. So Clash of Cultures, Monumental Edition, probably not anything Josh and I are picking up. Uh, the next game on the, uh, the list then is Furnace from Hobby World. Josh, have you had, ever heard of this game before? I have heard of Furnace, yes. Oh, are you excited about Furnace? Uh, it looks interesting. I wouldn't say that I'm excited, but I mm-hmm. think um, uh, it's aesthetically pleasing. I like mm-hmm. I like the bits and pieces. Um, the cards look very Seven Wonders-ish. Uh, not that I'm drawing that comparison after the last one, but uh, I like the playtime. The player count is good for me. Um, I've heard great things about it, I guess is what I'll end that on. I've heard great things. Yeah, so I, I do th- want to check it out. Yeah, I've heard good things as well. Uh, engine building Euro. I mean, those things right there I'm, I'm usually going to be in for. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love engine building, love Euros, all that good stuff. Uh, this game, I kind of... I, I had heard of it, but I kind of forgot about it because I feel like the reviews for it came out a long time ago. Like last year, yeah. Yeah, like last year sometime. So it, I, part of me thought it was already out. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure with everything, maybe it got delayed a little bit. But yeah, so that's Furnace. Um, so if you're looking for a, a engine building Euro, maybe that's something to check out. Uh, the next game then, Great Western Trail 2nd Edition. Yeah. Josh, uh, Great Western Trail 2nd uh, Edition, you going to jump in? I think so. I want to play this because... 
of how much you like this game. And I've never I do played like this it. game a lot. Yeah, and I've never played it. Uh, and every time I hear you talk about it, it makes me want to play it. So uh, I'm I'm game for a second edition. I know it's being printed by, um, so Eggerspiel is printing it now. It wasn't by them before. It was by refresh my memory. Well, this is where things get weird when it comes to board game publishers because Eggerspiel um did have it before, but as did um Plan B. Is that how uh, I was thinking of? And Stronghold. Oh, I was thinking of Stronghold. So okay. it depends on the printing. So like. Because uh, Stronghold used to print like Eggerspiel's games in the U.S., yeah. but then Plan B got in there somewhere. Uh, yeah, so it gets really confusing when it comes to publishers. But mm. yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. But um, yeah, uh, I'm interested in playing it for sure. Uh, it's definitely a game that it's one of those games where you hear everyone loves and that you never played mm-hmm. and you wanna you wanna play it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, one of the, like we've talked about before, how often can you have a, a game? where you're a rancher moving cattle. That's what you're doing, and people hey. love it. So um, uh, I don't know what the changes are between the first edition and the second edition, so I don't know what they're changing, but I do love the original. So Great Western Trail, pretty great as far as that goes. Uh, next, a game that I, I know you're interested in, Josh, <laughs> yeah. Horrified American Monsters. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited to play this. I don't know if there's much we need to say about that, but of uh, Bigfoot, Mothman, the Jersey Devil, and the Chupacabra, the Banshee of the Bandlands and the Ozark Howler, which of those are you most interested in playing as? Well, well you don't play as any of them. <laughs> or uh, what are you most interested in playing against? Excuse me. Uh, I don't. Well, I guess I would probably pick the two I don't. I never. I've never heard of the Banshee of the Badlands and the Ozark Howler. Like, okay, those are intriguing to me. But that being said, if you haven't picked up Horrified yet, I keep seeing it on sale like super cheap. So if you're listening in this and you haven't picked up Horrified. I mean, get that game. Even if you don't like horror, like it's a great game. Get horrified. That's you my message. Josh. You heard from Josh. <laughs> uh, the next game then is The Hunger from Renegade yeah. Game Studios. Or Renegade just absolutely popping on all levels lately. It seems just absolutely ridiculous. Um, I know this game is due to come out re- re- really soon now, or just, maybe even just did something like that. Um, but Josh, interest interest level in uh, The Hunger. Um, I think my interest level is uh, meh. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't love the art. It's expensive, uh, for a game that I'm not over the moon about off the bat. Um, it's Richard Garfield, right? So like, I have to assume it's good. (laughs) Uh, I, I don't know. It just doesn't capture everything about this game should appeal to me. And for some reason it doesn't. Okay. I well, can't there you go. <laughs> no, I, I don't know that I am uh, super excited about it either. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I think it's one of those situations where sometimes the art of a game doesn't help it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know that. Th- and the interesting thing about the art is that there is similar art to this that I really like. But for yeah. some reason, this art just doesn't do it for me. Is it smash up art? Because that's what I, I see when I yeah, look at I the cards. Yeah, I guess kind of is Smash Up art, yeah. Which I like. Yeah, but for some reason in this game, like when I look at the cover, I'm like, I don't like this. Same. I agree. Yeah, I don't know. But no, and you know, no offense to the artist, like just doesn't do it for me. So, all right. Uh, next then, Josh, Key to the Kingdom from Restoration yeah. Games. Uh, what is your thoughts, Josh, on Key to the Kingdom? This is a game that I have been 
I asked them if they were doing, and they said no. When I saw they that, lied Pax, to you, Josh. When I saw that at Paxenburg. It's funny because I showed this to my brother. This is a game I have very, very vivid memories of playing with my brother mm-hmm. when we were kids because it was like the first um, board game as we know it, but not non-traditional board game in the 90s or 2000s when I played it that mm-hmm. I remember playing in our room. And he's like, I don't remember playing that game. <laughs> and I was like, how do I remember it? Like, and you, like, whatever. But uh, this was a game that we had. <clears throat> growing up that wasn't Monopoly. We had this and the Silverhawks board game. Those were like two board games we had that weren't mainstream board games. Like Monopoly Scrabble, whatever. Right. Um, I loved this game. So I'm I am so thrilled that Restoration Games is doing this. Um I cannot wait to get it. And um even if I don't play it, this will be like one of those I was a board gamer before I knew I was a board gamer games. So I, in looking at this, uh, I looked at the original game from 1990, and I vaguely remember seeing this board, this game board. Mm-hmm. So I think I had a friend's house that I would go over to and play board games at sometimes. So I feel like I maybe played this game there. You play the keys all over the map, and you try yeah. to go over dry bridges and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I feel like I did play this game. Uh, the 1990 version of this game overall rank on Board Game Geek is twenty thousand seven hundred and three. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what they were able to tweak and, and do because you know Restoration's game is they try to bring them up to the modern market, right? Like that's what they try to do. Uh, so we'll see what the changes are to the 1990s classic, as they call it. Um, so I think Josh is a bit more excited than I am, but I am definitely not uh, a no on this game. So. All right, Josh. Uh, the next thing, King Domino Origins. Uh, you're a big fan of King Domino, right? Yeah, yeah. What about, What do you think about King Domino Origins? Well, I didn't know this was a thing, but I'm excited to uh, hear about it. Um, I like that there's different game modes in this in this one. So yeah, I'll definitely check this out because I know King Domino will be what thirty dollar game if if lower. So it's a low investment and probably a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, Blue Orge Games definitely uh, tends to have very affordable games overall. Um, so, yeah, that's something that I think you can probably count on having a, a rather reasonable game. Uh, it does look like it has very cute... I'm looking at the page on uh, the Blue Orange yeah, site, and there are very cute <laughs> mammoth uh, Those minis might make this a $40 game. <laughs> that they might, but they have mammoth uh, meeples that have little tusks painted on them. They're very cute. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Kick Domino is great. So, I am... More than happy um, to, you know, go in and it is another Bruno Catala design um, and and happy to check that out as well. So I think that's probably going to be a good pick. That's actually one game that I did know about um, only because I had seen it on a ton of lists of people being um, highly anticipating this game. Uh, next game then, Lost Ruins of Arnok Expedition Leaders. So an expansion for the Last Ru- Lost Ruins of Arnok. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you, that's a game in general you're interested in. Yes, Josh? Yes, I still want to get it. Um, it's just uh, I saw it at my FLGS uh, two weeks ago. I almost picked it up, but uh, so I'll, I'll put the expansion on my to-do list. But I got to get the game first. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you there. I hear you there, and that's kind of the way I feel about it as well. Um, the next game then from Bezier is Meglov Metro, uh, and looks like you know maybe we're doing instead of some uh, train building, we're doing some subway building. Uh, Josh, any interest to build some subway lines? No. (laughs) 
Okay, well, now we know. Uh, the one thing I will say, I think that the art design of this game actually looks kind of cool when I'm looking at pictures of the game. Yeah. A little yeah. You know, pretty unique art, I think, in a, in a neat way. Like, uh, not a uh, graphic design we see very often, and I think it looks kind of cool. It reminds me of a game from Bezier Games I have that I haven't played, uh, which is Whistle Stop. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, when I'm looking at the page, though, on Bezier Games uh, about $70, this, Kyle. <laughs> it is $70, <laughs> but Josh, just scroll down a little bit, and you can get Suburbia Collector's Edition for 250 Oh, what a deal. <laughs> it doesn't so, even come with the extras. You get to pay so an extra $10. Does $70 seem so much better now, Josh? Look at the Suburbia Collector's Edition Kickstarter extras. It used to be $100. Now, only $10. <laughs> so you can trust yeah. them on pricing. <laughs> but hey, you know, $70 seems way better than the $250, right? That's probably why they put that Sure. There. Retail price is probably $800. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we probably need to pick this up so we can keep going here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, next then, uh, Merchants of the Dark Road from Elf Creek Games. Do you want to be a merchant on a dark road, Josh? Uh, the title is intriguing. The art looks cool. I have no idea what this game is about, but I'll keep my eyes on it. Yeah, I think it does look interesting. I, I agree. The art is neat. I like the title. Um, yeah. Oh, it is Andrew Bosley art. Andrew Bosley does good stuff. So there we go. Uh, check out Elf Creek Games if you're interested in Merchants of the Dark Road. Hmm. Uh, Neoville from Blue Orange Games. Another Blue Orange uh, title here, Josh. Any interest in Neoville? No, I think Tiny Towns, I'm good with on city building. I think I don't need any more than Tiny Towns. Tiny Towns is real good. That makes it real tough. Real, real tough. <laughs> um but it looks nice, though. As always, I'm sure it's a probably solid game because Blue Orange does tend to do a nice job with that. Uh, oh, how in the world do you think you say this, Josh? It's well, I can tell you that it's French. Uh huh. That's Ultre? all I can tell you. Ultra. Ultra. Ultra from Studio H. Uh, players represent knights in a fallen kingdom who are still doing what they can protect the people of the land, and they had sworn allegiance to. Uh, is a French role playing game, or is based on a French role playing game. Also called Old Old Trey. So, uh, Josh, do you want to be a French dude on horseback? I mean, no, but I mean, the game is an Anton Bowser game, so I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. There you go. This this is interesting. Yeah. Oh, Antoine Bowser, Vincent Dutrot for the artist. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I never heard of this one. This is yeah, one that... I uh, need more details, but it's I'm interested. It does say it's a cooperative game with dice rolling. Yeah. I mean... Take it or leave it at cooperative games, but I it, it does seem interesting for sure. Okay, next game then, Josh. Uh, a game with a, a title I can pronounce. Uh, Paris. Do you yeah. want to go to Paris, Josh? I would love to go to Paris. Uh, do you want to play the board game Paris instead of going to Paris? I've heard good things. Mm -hmm. um, I would be interested in checking it out. I really like the look of the board. Yeah, it's a really interesting looking board for sure. So very it's, unique. It's definitely something I would like to play. So yeah, so Paris is one. I again, I think a game that actually came out last year. Yeah, but not in the U.S. I think. Um, so this might be the first time you'll be able to get it in the U.S. Uh, interesting game. People seem to dig it. Um, so definitely something. Yeah, keeping keeping an eye on, as they would say. Uh, next then, Josh, a little game. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Uh, called Return to Dark Tower. Yeah. from restoration games uh right. josh how, uh <laughs> we've we've obviously talked about this game quite a bit uh where are you sitting on return to dark tower right now in this economy <laughs> <laughs> no thank you <laughs> hard pass 
Uh, I really love the concept and the idea and how much work they've done on the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never own this game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I'm ever going to own this game either, um, unless I find it for a really good deal down the road. Uh, but, you know, cool. There are a lot of people who are super excited about that game. So uh, definitely, yeah, happy that, you know, some are going to be able to get that game. Yeah. Uh, next set, Rocket Men from Phalanx Games. Uh, Josh, do you want to be a Rocket Man? It's a Martin Wallace joint. People like Martin Wallace and feel that he does some pretty good design work. Is this something that uh, you're excited about? I already have this game. It's called Cosmic. Really? It's called Cosmic Run, and it's probably better. <laughs> wow. I mean, that last part, I shouldn't probably. I didn't have to say that, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it looks exactly like Cosmic Run when you look at the board. Probably better, eh? I mean, I love Doctor Finn. It's Mr. Stephen, so I'm going to support him. But yeah, I mean, it looks interesting, but I, re- I honestly really think the board looks very much like Cosmic Run. Gotcha. I mean, I also like Dr. Finn, but I mean, Martin Wallace also has like 10 games in the top 1,000. On, on I know. Game. You know what? So Jeff Bezos has the most money in the world. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. All right, next then, Savannah Park from Capstone Games. Josh, do you want to go to the Savannah? Of course I do. Uh, this is a kid's game now, so maybe yep. I'll get this for my son. It looks cool. He likes animals. I love animals. I'll get this game for sure. There, I'll check there, it out. It's, yeah, I think it, it does look interesting. There's a lot of, I feel like a lot of little things for being kind of supposed to be geared towards kids. Yeah. Uh, but it is reasonably priced. Um, it, is a fam- it says that it is a family-friendly game. I guess it doesn't specifically say it's for kids. And it has a solo um, mode. Yeah. You know how much so we love does- solo games. Yeah, you are <laughs> big solo game fans here. Um, but yeah, it looks interesting. I, I, you know, any games that have animals in it, I'm at least going to check it out or think about it. Yeah. Uh, next, the spill from Smirk and Dagger. <laughs> I love their name. Uh, I almost, this was almost my topic. Oh, really? Why is that? Uh, just because of the theming. Uh, it's like a, uh, I don't want to misquote it. It's like a reverse uh, engineering game where you're trying to take the oil out of the water, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool. Um, you're trying to reverse the effects of what's happening in the game. Yeah. It's pretty topical and and personal for a lot of people. And um, I know you like games like that, too. So uh, I thought it was interesting and cooperative. I know it just kind of made a funny, made a funny to me joke about cooperative games, but um, I do definitely appreciate uh, cooperative games when there's a common goal, and this seems like a good one for four players. Josh, do you want to know something fun, uh, interesting? Of course, always. This game is on Kickstarter right now. Uh, hold on, let me go to Kickstarter. <laughs> let me back this game right now. So yeah, it is currently 14 days to go as of the time of recording. So by the time you hear this, listener, about 10 days will be left to go if you want, if you're interested in checking out the spill, manage an oil spill and rescue sea life in this suspenseful cooperative game for one to four players. So go ahead, check that out if you are interested. Oh, I missed the S. What's that? <laughs> I missed the S and I just Googled the pill. Oh, <laughs> the pill. All right, Josh. So get down here to the end. Uh, a couple left to go. Successors 4th Edition from Phalanx Games. Uh, you know, going to be a little bit uh, war stabby stab. More Got some stabby miniatures. stab. Yep. Got some uh, 23 miniatures. 128 cards, 494 tokens, seven dice, Josh, seven dice. Um, That's important. A price tag of 110 euros. 
Uh, any interested, Josh, in a little uh, Phalanx game successors fourth edition? Hold on one sec. I just have to back Marine Life Hero Pledge. A max pledge for the spell. I'm in. Nice. Look at you. Put your money where your mouth is. Literally. Uh, <laughs> not literally. Uh, the Phalanx, I like that there's a Spartan helmet on the cover. Yep. I like Alexander the Great. I mean, I don't like him as a person, but I like stories of him. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'd be interested in checking it out, but I really, uh, I didn't look any pictures of it. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, uh, no, I'm not interested. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, <laughs> no, it's okay. That's, that's okay. There's no reason to apologize if you're not interested in the game. Last game then on the list, Velocity Vanguard from Precarious Ooh, Games. Look at this board. I know. Isn't that pretty? <laughs> That's, That's cool. a pretty board. Yeah. Any interest, Josh, in Velocity Vanguard? Yeah, I'm immediately interested. <laughs> okay. It does look really cool. The board is beautiful. Um, I was actually, when I was looking at their li- their uh, uh, at their website, goodness gracious, that took me a long time to, to say, um there it was a kickstarter that is that is over um uh the base game was 79 bucks oof uh and then 140 dollars for the <laughs> fleet pledge and 175 dollars for the deluxe fleet pledge that was so and actually it goes up from that oh my gosh 275 so it could be potentially very expensive if you want it but it looks <laughs> real cool it does look cool i'll give it that so awesome all right well hey those were uh 20 anticipated games gen con uh the list uh like i said came from the gaming gang um so go ahead check that out uh listener if you want to see kind of the games and see pictures of them and all that good stuff we were talking about um but overall uh pretty diverse group of games that are going to be at gen con this year um even with the pandemic and everything else you know board games still chugging along um so yeah that's kind of the the list we reviewed and uh I think at least a few games you and I are both interested in. For sure. For sure. Awesome. Josh, what's your next story? Hey, let's skip mine. Okay. For time. Let's skip mine for time. Okay. Well, then, Josh, we're just going to kind of move on. Uh, It's Thursday. Yeah, something important happened today. Yeah. PlayStation had uh, their showcase, this thing that has been rumored for months and months and months and months. Uh, PlayStation finally kind of pulling the curtain back about some of the things that we can expect to see on their systems in the future here. Uh, so it was about a little over 40 minute show. Um, and I, I think, I mean, really for the most part, just like trailer after trailer after trailer, two very short um, speaking parts that had happened during the, the showcase, but, and actually kind of a peculiar little promo video that they had right at the beginning that talked about um, kind of how you, <laughs> PlayStation, you could play PlayStation like, or it was like the world of play or the state of play as far as all the places in the world that PlayStation is going. So uh, I thought it was an interesting way to start the show. Usually PlayStation has uh, kicked the show off uh, with a right into a trailer, some jaw dropping thing, or Grand Theft Auto uh, as of re- recent uh, for us to be super excited about. But this time they had kind of this weird like commercial thing at the beginning. And I'll be honest, I was trying to figure out what game it was. I was like, okay, is this some live action thing for a game? Like they have these crowns, they're tying chess in. Is there going to be some, like, what are they trying to say here? 
and that what they were trying to say is look at this neat commercial we made i guess is what they were trying to say um, but other than that, you know, we just heard from Jim Ryan at the very beginning for just a sh- just a couple minutes, um, and then Herman Holst came towards the end of the show and talked just specifically about PlayStation Studios and what they're working on. Uh, but other than that, it was game after game after game. Uh, so with that, Josh, did you have an opportunity to watch this showcase? I did, and that that was a long intro. I, I didn't I didn't hate it, but it was like. At first, I was like, is that Halsey? No, you just got someone who looks like Halsey. It was a really weird Uh, intro. um, It was cool. I I like what they did. I mean, of course, I like that they had the Aloy statue behind them at the end. But I kind of got the message right. Like, they did they they focus on this play has no limits kind of thing and yeah. and and they that was the i guess the overall message of it it was as much it was as understandable as the new matrix trailer like you're yeah, like i think i like what's going on but i don't know what's going on <laughs> that that is yeah agreed, agreed uh but yeah i thought it was uh, a cool intro for sure um and now I forget what your actual question was to me. <laughs> no, that's okay. You're good. You're good. You know, it's the secret behind the show is that you weren't there while I was talking about any of that stuff. So, hey, I can now hear you're you back. Though. I can't I know headphones you could. <laughs> you could hear me. So that's fine. Uh, but we're just going to jump in because, like you said, you know, show is kind of plugging along here. And we're taking our time. Uh, so we're just going to kind of go through, talk about briefly any of the, the games that they talked about. Because, um, like I said, like it pretty much, other than a few short minutes of, of speaking, it was just trailer after trailer after trailer. Like, yeah, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. It just went. Um, so the first game they showed, the game they kicked off with, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic Remake. Yeah, what a way uh, to kick it off. <laughs> yeah, Josh, what were your thoughts seeing uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic coming back? Well, I kind of forgot that people, this was a rumor. I, uh-huh. I don't know why I forgot that. I shouldn't have forgot that. Um, but they kind of let it off with a mislead. Like they had an act voice actress that sounded kind of like Ray. So I was like, oh, maybe this is, because it opens with lucasfilm and i'm like oh interesting yeah and then it then it has like two studio names i don't recognize <laughs> and then i'm like <laughs> okay what could this be so it sounded like it was like right for, for to me talking so i didn't um anticipate seeing darth reverend's mask and if you've played knights of the real republic you know that mask um and i know like the whole internet was like a blaze last year about these elitist fanboys saying if you don't know who Darth Revan is, you're not a Star Wars fan or whatever. I don't oh. subscribe to that, but I just know from playing Knights of the Old Republic, like, um, I really hope that, because this is a remake, I really yeah. hope that people don't go out and start spoiling the original. Because mm. you know the argument's going to be, I'm not spoiling a game that's 20 years old. Well, they're remaking it, so don't ruin this big plot device for other people just because you feel entitled because you played it first well and that's part of what i think is most interesting about this is they have kind of alluded to the fact that it may not follow the exact story that would be awesome that would be since kotor is technically not part it's not canon (laughs) it's not canon anymore supposedly who knows it sounds like that this might make some tweaks and become canon again based off of whatever they do um to to tweak this remake or disney is a genius and they purposely say it's not canon just to add it to canon (laughs) later later as the exact same thing so so yeah so that's kind of surprising uh i I think honestly the most surprising thing of this 
uh, is that at least at launch, it's going to be a PlayStation exclusive. Yeah, it seems like it, uh, at least for a few months. Yeah, so a PlayStation and PC at launch, which, you know... Wait a second. PlayStation and PC? And PC, yeah. How are they allowed that? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it's allowed. How could they possibly do that? Don't they know uh, that but, Microsoft owns every PC? <laughs> I know. Uh, but, you know, and listener, if you're not aware, uh, the reason that's interesting is that KOTOR was originally only an Xbox thing. Like, yes. The game they're remaking was only on Xbox, and now it will yep. be on PlayStation, which is a bit weird. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we'll see. But that was – I don't know that many people expected that. Uh, maybe they did because Jason Schreier, not too long before the um, showcase started, tweeted out about, like, a game that people have been bothering him about sure. was going to be there. But that could have so, been anything. <laughs> in some ways yeah but i think once we saw this everyone's like oh that game uh after that then they kind of just like i said they just <laughs> moved right on to project eve uh josh had you heard of project eve before i hadn't and i was like i i i know i'm not the only person who thought this was parasite eve a lot of people thought this was parasite uh eve. and it and and i was like is this Parasite Eve? And then the freaking guy calls her Eve. And I'm like, how is this not Parasite Eve? Yeah. Uh, but I was I was just like, is it like a Parasite Eve um in space or something? Or or has like a like a moniker on it that's like Parasite Eve Infinite or something like that. And then I kind of thought it might be bright memory, but then I was like, no, it definitely has like this third person vibe. It looks cool, but it definitely to me, it doesn't come across as uh, it didn't come across as I don't I don't know the right words to say um, a fully polished game. Maybe oh, is what yeah, I want to say sure. for sure. Um, so it seemed uh, uh, maybe like I just wasn't the audience for it or something. But it looks really cool. I would definitely be interested in checking out more of it. Yeah. So I'm definitely interested in checking out more. I thought this trailer was. Like you said, it wasn't perfect. There, there. I think a little cleanup needs to happen as far as some things go. But I was hyped. If you if like, if it's about creating hype, I was like, this yeah. looks fun. This looks cool. Uh, so we'll see. I, when this game was originally announced, I think it was back in 2019. I think was the first time we had ever seen this game. Um, I think it's coming to everything. Like, or at least when it was announced, it was announced coming to everything. So my assumption that is true. Um, and that this is just, you know, PlayStation having some marketing, something with it. But uh looks cool. Uh, if you want to look at a lot of booty shots. <laughs> and who doesn't? This, tra- <laughs> this trailer is for you. Uh, next, then, a, a game I think Josh is pretty stoked about. Tiny yeah. Tina's Wonderland with the, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of going back into that Borderlands universe. Josh, what are you thinking? Uh, coming up March 25th, 2022. So I will say uh, early 2022 is looking pretty stacked. Uh, but what were your thoughts on seeing Tiny Tina's Wonderland in action? Well, listen, uh, my I know my buddy Greg is listening. I don't know when he's listening, uh, but he is. Uh, Greg and I played the Borderlands 1 and 2 together, co-op. Mm-hmm. Um, it was coach co-op when we played together. In fact, when <laughs> Borderlands, the pre-sequel came out, I brought um, my console, I, I think my TV, <laughs> and my <laughs> game over to his house to play with him. Um because we played these games together. Borderlands 3 was the first game we didn't play together. Um, this is a game I will demand we take time off of work together to play, because it is essentially the spinoff of our favorite Borderlands 2 DLC, which was Tiny Tina's um, Dungeons & Dragons. I can't remember the name of it. It might have just been that. Uh, it looks great. It adds 
um, more magic spells, which looks super cool. Uh, one of the one of my most favorite parts about the Tiny Tina DLC was her voiceover throughout the game. Mm-hmm. So you'd be like progressing through this mission, and she would say like, and then a dragon showed up, and then a dragon would show up. Like it was like perfectly <laughs> timed, and and the humor is just is just perfect. I, I I'm kind of over them laying into the guns, more guns, and more guns thing. Like we get yeah. it, we get yeah. it. Uh, and it's a cool thing that only Borderlands has, but only Borderlands has it. So you don't need to lean into it so much. Just shut up. <laughs> uh, but I do like all the RPG elements and the fact that they show her running a D and D game mm-hmm. and, and like, it's like time to roll your character sheets and stuff like that. So I'm really excited to play it. Um, and I will make sure to, f- to f- make sure I force my friends to play it. Uh, Tiny Teen Assault on Dragon Keep. That's what it was. Thank you. Yeah, and yes, I, I just, I, I always, I, I really struggle now knowing now that you know I'm more in depth and and more immersed in the world of video games. The fact that Ashley Birch is Tiny Tina's voice. She's so good, and and Aloy. <laughs> I know, right? It's just, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so every time, every time I hear Tiny Tina talk, I try to picture Ashley Birch like making that voice, and it just yeah. cracks me up every time. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, next then uh, was a hotly anticipated, I think, uh, PlayStation kind of exclusive at least for a while. Forspoken, uh, you know, some interesting things about Forspoken. Uh, Square Enix game uh, being written by Gary Witta, um, Amy Henning. Allison Reimer and Todd Stafford yeah. are, are, are the writing duties for this game. And the music is by Bear McCreary, uh, who did God of War, and Gary Scheiman, who is the um, uh, composer for Bioshock. So some big name folks here. Uh, I know some folks, especially like Devin stuff, is, is super excited about this mm-hmm. game. Uh, what are your thoughts, Josh, on Forspoken? Gary Witta infamously blocking Donnie Reese on Twitter. <laughs> oh, did he really? I didn't even <laughs> oh, know. Yeah, he's blocked. Uh, it's pretty funny. I don't know what Donnie did or said, but Carrie has blocked him. <laughs> it's probably some Animal Crossing thing. <laughs> uh, I'm. I think this looks great. Uh, the the animations right at the top looked incredible. They made it very obvious that the girl in the trailer was in New York. They didn't hide that, which I I think is nice, giving that setting. They showed. She's kind of this outcast who, like, right away gets like beat up in the middle in the very beginning of the trailer. They show a cute cat. They give you all the feels, and then they. I think one of the things that Forspoken has really imparted on me is how they're they're really trying to um, focus on how we would react as that character. Like that character says and does things that I would imagine I would do in that situation where they're like, holy expletive deleted. Where the heck am I? Like, what is this? Like, it's just very much, it feels organic to the story. Mm -hmm. It's not just like someone get like walks through a portal and they're like, I'm here now. (laughs) They're like, Oh my God, I can do this. And then like this wristband's like, no, 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 I can do this. (laughs) You suck. (laughs) I think it looks great. I can't wait to see more. Uh, I really want to see how all these mechanics work that they're showing off with the powers. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't help but wonder that we're seeing a more cinematic version of how they are used in the game. Right. But but this would be one of the trailers that I don't doubt that what we're seeing is gameplay. 
Like it really yeah. feels like this is gameplay. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. Uh this is a game that I was definitely interested in. I am now more interested uh than I was uh, we got a spring 2022 release for it. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, you know, spring getting getting pretty packed with everything that's coming out then. Uh, we'll go through just these next few pretty quick here because I don't know if we're going to have too much to say about oh, them. Sure. <laughs> uh, we saw a trailer then for Rainbow Six Extraction. Any thoughts on that one, Josh? I mean, I basically have seen the same trailer 10 times. So no. And we've played, I feel like, a dozen games that are like this in the last five years. It uses, I would say this, it uses, playing, having played Rainbow Six Siege briefly, it uses mm-hmm. too many Rainbow Six Siege um, gameplay elements for me to even feel comfortable playing it because I feel like I'd be out of the loop. Yeah. Nope. I hear you there. And that's kind of the way I feel about it as well. You know, one could argue that maybe this would help you feel more comfortable playing Rainbow Six. Sure. So. But so, yeah, so I don't know, not super high on my list of games, um, but hey, we saw a little bit more of it, I guess, suppose. Uh, next then was Alan Wake Remastered. The game got announced earlier in the week, but we saw a trailer for it. Uh, Josh, you excited to go back to playing some Alan Wake? Yeah, it comes out on my anniversary. Um, I'm more excited that people who haven't played this game get to play it, but I'm also very excited to play it. Uh, in October is a great spooky month for Alan Wake to come out. It is. I agree. This is a game that I have fond memories of. Um, I I don't remember if the game is actually as good as I think I remember it being, <laughs> but uh, I'm happy to go back to... Is it Bright Springs? Is that Bright Springs, Washington? Is that right? Uh, no, it's um, Bright Falls. Bright Falls? Is it that Bright Falls? Something like that. Someplace. I'm happy. I'm, I, I will gladly go back there and see if uh, my memories are correct about how much I enjoyed that. It's, it's Bright so, Falls. It is Bright Falls? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's coming October 5th, 2021. So that's right around the corner. Uh, got that final trailer. Or not, I shouldn't say final trailer, but we got that. Hey, GTA 5, the game that's been out for what feels like a millennium. Uh, the expanded uh. and enhanced edition uh, officially coming out March 2022. <coughs> yeah. Uh, Josh, any any thoughts on GTA 5? I mean, if you haven't played it at this point, just get it on PC. Why even bother? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I hear you there. Uh, next then, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, Josh, what are your thoughts about what you saw with Ghostwire Tokyo? Uh, I feel like we didn't see much more than we've already seen. Yeah. It still seems weird. Yeah. I I mean, I'm still waiting for actual gameplay to understand what this game is. You don't think that was actual gameplay? I mean, it might be, but I don't know Uh, what was happening in the gameplay. Right. And that's why I think it's (laughs) weird. Like I, I do think it was actual gameplay, but I think it just feels weird. Like first person like basically hand-to-hand combat is just uh, always a weird trailer even for like dying light 2 when they're not when they're just like running yeah. apart. like it's just kind of weird so but they kept intersplicing it with that creepy dude talking so i was like well, yeah. what, what, what is the gameplay like i yeah. didn't really know what was going on yeah it reminded me, was that oh man what was that old pc game heretic heretic it also reminds me of the darkness yeah so anyway but that was ghostwire tokyo you know that uh xbox game that's going to be a playstation exclusive for a year <laughs> another one of those we'll talk about the other one in just a sec here yeah. uh guardians of the galaxy i know we've talked about that before anything thoughts on that trailer still excited for that game coming out in october what i think is interesting is i've already seen this trailer like three weeks ago yeah it is, this isn't new i'm still excited about the game actually i take that back there's about 25 seconds of new content yeah <clears throat> at the end um with that song mm-hmm I'm still stoked for this game, and I I know there are so many signs pointing 
to me to not be excited about this game. But I mean, I'm so thrilled. I can't wait for, to play it. So that's coming at the end of October. Uh, then we got a trailer uh, announcing that Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt, so the uh, Battle Royale set in the Vampire the Masquerade world, yeah. um, is coming to PlayStation 5. Josh, did this do anything for you? It's, I think it looks super cool, honestly. I really think it's a new take on the Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. Um, had I not already played X Defiant, uh, I might say that it is wholly unique, but X Defiant kind of does this also. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I was more interested than I thought I would be, but just battle royales in general don't tend to get me. Um, but overall, I am uh, more interested in this than I thought I was going to be. Yeah. Uh, then uh, next was a game we really haven't seen anything of. Uh, Death <laughs> yeah. I can't believe they spoiled so much of this game we've never seen. <laughs> so uh, Deathloop, which is out in a hot five days. Uh, really, by the time you're <laughs> listening to this, uh, I've got another story trailer. Uh, I feel like we've seen a ton of this game. Uh, I still don't, honestly, like I've seen so much of it now, I almost don't want to get it anymore. And not Can, that I really was wanting to get it before. I'll be honest. I don't know if, if this is just something that I completely missed on my radar, but there is something I learned from this trailer. I wasn't aware that it was just you versus one other assassin trying to kill all these people first. I thought your goal was just to kill everyone in the time limit. So I did learn something new, but while seeing nothing new. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I don't know why they put that in there, but I mean, they have, they're clinging on to dear life with their Bethesda exclusive. (laughs) Yeah. Show more, show more. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, so you can be playing Deathloop uh, really by the time you hear this, I think. So yeah. Today. All right, and then next uh, was a weird thing, right? Yeah. Like I was uh, like, I know this song from somewhere. Yeah, a little, a little Radiohead, and I'm assuming you're just supposed to call this kid Amnesia. I don't know no. for certain. Is it Kid Amnesia? I want you to say the last thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they spaced it out like that. Yeah, I, I. So that's the thing I don't know because obviously they had um the album kid a and then the album amnesiac right. yeah <laughs> so i'm assuming it's just combining those into kid amnesia but i don't know if that's truly what it is um but yeah so apparently there's a little radiohead thing with uh epic game epic games that's yeah. an exhibition is what it's called but that's the thing yeah thoughts i mean we i, I have no reason to be excited or not excited i don't know what it is gonna be i don't know what it is either i mean i, I want to be excited i love radiohead but like yeah I don't have any confidence that they know how to make a video game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm guessing it's probably more like, you know, a concert in Fortnite type thing. Sure, my guess sure. is some sort of like go in this thing and watch this thing happen. And maybe you can interact with a few things. But I, I think it's mostly going to be like that. Yeah. Uh, and the next was a game that I don't actually know how to say for sure. I don't know if it's Chia. Yeah, I think Chia is. Chia, um, which is a I mean, I thought it was a cute looking tropical island adventure game. Um I thought it looked really precious. I was like, oh, this is really cute after everything else we've seen yeah. that was tended to be pretty dour and down for the most part, um, you know, with a few little breaks for some humor in there. But for the most part, uh, I thought this game was really pretty looking. Um, you got to hug things, pet things and, and <laughs> become things and then be a dog and stuff. So I was down for that. What were your thoughts? I, I did also think it was a poorly uh, placed trailer in yeah. the presentation. 
So immediately I was turned off, uh, especially by like, you have to play musical notes. I was like, no way am I playing this game. But uh, I think it got me when she became the turtle and mm-hmm. the ocean looked like super explorable. And yeah. It looked great. And then you kind of saw there was more story and actually looked really charming. So Yeah, I, um, charming yeah. is a great way to describe it. It looks game, very so. interesting. So yeah, and then uh you know, if you if you notice, listener, all of those things were non PlayStation Studios games. Those were all third party partners that they I know, had that was with. weird, right? They yeah, just were like, kinda, Hey <laughs> and then Hmm. Because there was a lot of people who were like, "Well, that <laughs> conference wasn't great until the last ten minutes." So I don't want to say it was like them trying to show off, but it's almost kind of what it felt like. In some yeah, ways, of like, "Hey, here are all these cool games," but then here are these really cool games. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Uh, okay, so then we heard found out uh, that what has been rumored recently that um, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection, um, which is Uncharted Four and uh, Last Legacy. Last, Uncharted Log- Last Legacy, are coming remastered for playstation 5 and pc josh no way PC. <laughs> early 2022 is twitter still working because I, I haven't checked so. i haven't checked I, recently <laughs> it probably crashed it probably crashed uh josh any desire uh to replay uncharted 4 or lost legacy okay so this is what i'll say i i was watching this trailer and i was i was let's say reminiscing about uncharted 4 and yeah. everything they showed i was like I remember all of this. I don't have a desire to revisit it as much as I loved it. But I have never played Lost Legacy. Ooh, Lost Legacy is real good. So I am actually um, very excited about this because I will be, you know, I'm going to end up just replaying both. Mm, Yeah. Uh, I just think timing wise, I'm not, if there's a bunch of games I want to play, I'm not going to focus on Uncharted 4. but I have so many good memories with Uncharted 4. Like, Uncharted 4 is one of the first games I remember my wife watching me play, mm-hmm. like, and being invested in wanting to be there in the room when I played. And, yeah. like, that doesn't happen very often with games and my wife, like, wanting to watch. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was really cool. I really wish that this was the rumored, um, all like the uncharted yeah, legacy collection yeah but i think i also get like how how hard it would be for them to remaster uncharted one two and three well and i mean in fairness in that collection those are all running at 60 at this point yeah because they, they're not they're unlocked right so yeah. um so i just you know i love the series so much i feel like i'll probably be drawn into it anyways because i don't know that we've played a game like uncharted since uncharted 4 yeah well so, lost legacy came out after but oh did it come out at, oh and i so yeah. i haven't played a game like uncharted <laughs> since uncharted 4 i thought they came out in between three and four so that makes nope. more sense no lost legacy was the game that was if you bought like the um deluxe edition that included the dlc um the lost legacy ended up being what the dlc was so it was originally only going to be a small dlc piece and then they just made it big and if you had the had purchased the deluxe edition, you just lucked out and got the Lost Legacy for free. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, well, well, that's cool. You paid ten dollars for it rather than the, like the twenty or thirty dollar price point that it came out at. So, <laughs> uh, after that, that it w- I think was probably the most surprising trailer of the whole show. Yeah, um, for sure. Is, is you see the Marvel tra- logo and the Insomniac logo, and everyone's like, "All right, Spider Man, here we go." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Josh, it is Wolverine. Uh, so Insomniac uh, still kind of continuing that collaboration with um, with Marvel. We're we're getting a Wolverine game, Josh. What what are your thoughts? Well, here's <laughs> here's 
Here's what I'll say. First, um, I didn't know what to expect. But uh, I have to say, this is my highlight of the show. And not because of the content, because they didn't show anything, really. Because of the promise of Insomniac, Mm -hmm. right? We've had a bunch of Wolverine games. They've all been terrible. Uh, Actually, there's been one that was passable, and that shouldn't be the bar. (laughs) Uh, I didn't see this coming. It makes so much sense because there's so much story to Logan. Mm-hmm. It's not Deadpool, right? Like Deadpool, I could see Insomniac doing, but it has to be funny and, and tongue-in-cheek, and it, it can't be serious. In Wolverine, we all saw with Logan, the movie Logan, like we know that this can be a dramatic, this can be The Last of Us. Right. This can be anything they want it to be. There's so much character in Logan that this could be incredible. And I And I loved, the second I saw... <laughs> This guy sitting in a bar with a cowboy hat on, I knew, and I got my eye. I could see in the reflection of my phone that mm-hmm. my eyes were as wide as my skull, I, and <laughs> I just recognized how excited I was. Um, I really hope that we don't have to wait too long for this, but I know we do. Oh, I think we're gonna be <laughs> waiting a while for this uh, game. But but based on the Spider-Man, uh, we're gonna get to it. Spoilers. Uh, but I feel like we might get this next year. I think, think so? there's a I think there's a possibility. Uh, Do you think Sony would show trailers for a 2023 and 2024 game? Yes. In a showcase, I hope yes. not cuz I'll be mad. <laughs> well, here here's the important thing and I guess we'll just skip the oh, well okay, we'll talk about No, don't skip right. anything. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think yes. And the reason I think yes is because the um creative director and game director for this are the people who did Miles Morales. Okay. Well, if they're not working on SP2, then maybe they could have done this individually. Because the um, Brian Intahar and the people who did Spider-Man 1 are the people doing Spider-Man 2. Right. I mean, I just really want this next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, just, I think this is yeah. after that. And, yeah. I, and because my guess is now is it sounds like Insomniac probably has three teams because you have they the have folks to. who do Miles Morales, <laughs> yeah. you have the folks who are doing Spider-Man, or so you have the folks doing Wolverine, you have the folks who are doing Spider-Man, and then probably we don't know, we have not heard what the Ratchet and Clank team is doing, which right. is probably another Ratchet and Clank based off of how that game ended, but that the creative director and stuff from that project have not moved, been moved on to a new project yet. So that would be my guess as yeah. to kind of how those things are going. Um, but yeah, so Wolverine, I, I, like I said, I think that was the biggest surprise announcement. Um, yeah, kind of caught me out of left field. I, yeah. I was not expecting a Wolverine game Same. from Insomniac. Uh, next then, Josh, uh, Gran Turismo 7 got a release date, Josh. <laughs> well, March 4th, 2022, <laughs> Josh, is what they say. Yeah. Um, I, a scale of one to percentage, zero to 100. What percent chance is it that this game comes out March 4th, 2022? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your commitment, man. I really appreciate your commitment. To they the didn't bit. even announce it in the trailer. They had to give you the date after on the pre and the post show. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that shows their commitment. <laughs> I think if you watch the uh, showcase trailer now, separate from the show, it does have it in it now. It the, does the now, date. yeah. It does yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> so this uh, game is I... not coming out in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, Josh and I, and you know Josh and I, neither one of us are huge GT fans, not that it makes it a bad game, but we just, I don't play racing games, Josh prefers Forza, so there we go. Listen, PlayStation, they do awesome, 
third person action adventure they games. Do. They suck at racing games. <laughs> I don't, hey, people really like people who like Gran Turismo really like Gran yeah, Turismo. Yeah, they love Gran Turismo 4. It's great. <laughs> The last Gran Turismo to come out. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I appreciate your commitment to the bet. Uh, Well, then, you know, not to be too surprising, or actually, I think what was then more surprising is we see Wolverine, and then we see another Marvel logo. (laughs) Yeah. And we don't see an Insomniac logo right away, but then we get the announcement for Spider-Man 2. Uh, I mean, I don't know if we consider it a a spoiler because it was in the trailer, but obviously Venom is here. More than Venom. Craven the Hunter. And well, yes. <laughs> yeah. But also voiced by Tony Todd. Super cool. Which is super cool. Uh, what were your thoughts uh, in seeing this one, Josh? You know, my first thoughts was like, oh my God, they're doing a co-op Spider-Man game. Because they showed Peter and Miles together. And then the voice, I couldn't place the voice at first. And then they kept showing them fighting electric um, villains. So I was like, oh, it's like Electro. Uh, coming back or shocker like they have like so many wells to dig like pull out of um but the more i heard the voice in the content of the of what they were saying was i was like oh yeah that's craven the hunter and that's just me being a comic book nerd i know that's craven the hunter and now the question is is craven in possession of a symbiote suit that he stole from harry osborne spoilers for the end of spider-man um or is this eddie brock spider uh, venom or is this harry osborne spider-man or is it all of the above uh but honestly you know what when they said 2023 at the end the thing that popped into my my mind first was wow they have a lot of work to do to make venom um work in this world because mm. If people know anything about Venom is his, and I'm, I haven't seen the Tom Hardy movie, so I'm not referencing that. I'm just referencing the comics. Um, his suit ha- has the ability to do a hundred times the things Spider-Man can do. Right. And I can't imagine how difficult that would be to render in a game. So I'm really curious how they're going to make the character work in the game more than anything else. But I'm so excited for this. Yeah, um, kind of how I mentioned, led by Brian Intahar and Ryan Smith, who worked on the first game. Uh, it does feature both Peter Parker and Miles Morales. Uh, they are describing it as a single player adventure. Yeah, I know. Uh, That's why I saw that. I was like bummed. <laughs> yeah, uh, but then yes, uh, Venom, as I said, is voiced by Tony Todd, Candyman himself. Yes. So awesome. And then after that, Josh, kind of what the game we all assumed would be there and and was there is we did get our first look at God of War Ragnarok running yeah. in in engine. Actual gameplay, all that good stuff. Uh, Josh, thoughts on God of War Ragnarok? <laughs> it looked so good. <laughs> uh, I don't know what my thoughts could be. We have two amazing enemies. Yeah, an ally turned enemy, and then a if you stuck or if you did the hidden thing at the end of the game, enemy enemy. Um, they did. I don't know if you shared it or someone else did, but on Discord, but. It's Fat Thor, <laughs> which is so incredible because it really leans into the fact that Thor has been so comfortable not having not been challenged. Right. That he has let himself go, but he is also still incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. And we see a, a, I mean, they say it's only been a year, but like 
Um, um, why I always forget his name. Atreus. Atreus is like grown like five years. <laughs> well, they say it takes place years after. Oh, I thought it said a year. Sorry, years. years so yeah, after. we don't know that we know exactly how many. Okay, it makes that makes more yeah, sense. It says a few years. So Kratos looks older. He still looks like a uh, a big giant, like <laughs> like piece of meat. <laughs> right. Sort of, like he just looks like he's built a muscle. And um, I will say this: I, it didn't look too different from the God of War in the gameplay they showed, especially mm-hmm. in like the part when he's in the boat. Um, but I have all the confidence in the world that it's going to look ten times better than that. They have so mm-hmm. much time to get it out, and uh, they said that all the realms are going to be available to visit, yep. which is insane. Yeah, which means this game is going to be five times bigger than God of War uh, potentially. Yeah. And uh, it, it just looked phenomenal. Like, I really enjoyed um, them embracing Atreus, like, knowing he's Loki and wanting to explore more of that. Mm-hmm. And it's really focusing on the story of God of War, of Kratos, where we're finally, like, graduating from the sophomoric pornography of God of War to, like, a really in depth, dramatic story that takes place in this amazing like nordic mythology i'm I'm really thrilled uh to see this trailer yeah it it looked really really good i agree uh this game i am very excited for i I loved the you know the reboot in 2018 um so yeah i i'm very curious to see um what this means and and kind of how this game is going to go uh supposedly this is uh, the last game in the the Norse saga that. for God of War, um, so we'll kind of see what the, exactly that means. Uh, the other thing that is uh, curious, I guess I could say, is that Corey Barlog is not directing this game. Yeah, Eric Williams is is doing it, and Corey is working on an unannounced project. So we got something else going on. Could it there, be Twisted what? Metal? <laughs> <laughs> could it? Be? Oh man, could you imagine if you were doing Twisted Metal? So. <laughs> uh yeah 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 so yeah and that's kind of how they wrapped up the show so josh we've obviously been talking for a real real long time here almost oh, yeah. two hours at this point uh but just final thoughts on the showcase <laughs> what you think overall um did this help make you excited at all um for what playstation kind of has in store i'll say this if, if this is what we'll get for people skipping e3 death to e3 <laughs> It was great. It was such a great uh, minus death loop. It was such a great uh, um, presentation, and I don't mean death loop doesn't look good. I just mean we've seen enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, and Grand Theft Auto. So definitely take death to take death loop and Grand Theft Auto out of this. It's a flawless, perfect um, showcase of like all the things we've been talking about. What we want, mm-hmm. what we've been looking for, mm-hmm. the time. Like you take ten minutes out of this, it's a perfect time. Yeah. You know, you get 40 minute presentation, you see game trailers, you see a quick little blurb about from the studio head about what they're aiming for. And I actually really liked that they did a PlayStation Studios only segment at the end. Yeah. Because it wasn't confusing to anybody. You knew these are PlayStation Studio games. Yep. And not mixing it in. So I I thought it was great. Uh, uh, they, They did a fantastic job. Yeah. 
overall, I thought it was a really solid showcase as well. Uh, like you said, I do think, you know, it started off strong. I think it ended strong. It drug a little bit in the middle, but not in a bad way, just because, as you said, it's mostly stuff we had seen multiple times, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's them fulfilling obligations, the partners, to you know, to have those games there. Um, and, and that's just going to happen. I, I think for, for every showcase that happens to a degree. Um, but overall, I, I did think it was a really nice, tight 45 about minutes of um really if you know one game wasn't for you well hold on two minutes because you're going to see another one or three yeah. minutes because you're going to see another one right um so they kind of went through that pretty quick and and i i will say i don't know that we had um the total breadth of games i would like to see um obviously i'm someone who loves third person action games so i i love seeing as many of those as i possibly can because i'm usually in on them uh but you know i think that would be potentially one knock against them is that uh, there was a lot of third-person action games, um, and, and you know maybe a first-person action game thrown in here for a good mix. But in general, yeah. a lot of that, <laughs> um, which again I love, but I recognize that it is um, kind of been uh, the 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 thing to say that you know PlayStation doesn't have much other than that. And I think it's definitely their bread and butter. It's definitely where they're strongest and where they like to show off more. Um, but we'll have to see, you know, especially with they had announced a new studio acquisition this week, um, Fire Sprite coming into as actually. Um, a huge studio for a PlayStation to acquire it has 250 people. So for them, that's real big to to pick up. But uh, yeah, overall, I thought a solid presentation. Um, you know, I I think we know 2022 is looking like a, a banger of a year. Yeah, like yeah, no absolutely kidding. banger of a year across every system. Like knowing that Breath of the Wild 2 is coming, like everything that PlayStation has shown, everything that Xbox is that we know is like coming. You know, post Halo, like. And in some ways, you could almost wrap Halo into 2022 as well, since it's coming out so late this year. Like, ah, oh man, next year I think it might be an absolute banger of a year. So we have a lot to look forward to as gamers, which is exciting. Uh, Josh, really briefly, um, let's not talk about our homework because we obviously both already talked about the game. Yeah. We gave each other's A pluses. <clears throat> uh, what would you like to assign me, though, for homework two weeks from now? Okay. So I was very tempted to give you a board game assignment, but I know that you're in on Sleeping Gods, and I don't yeah. want to take you away from that. Uh, okay. Or try to take away from that. So here's, uh, get ready for this twist of fates. You have to play an hour of Dodgeball Academia. That is a twist of fate. A reverse of fortune, reversal of fortune, they would say, uh, in the eating world, in the competitive eating world. Where you have to eat what you threw up? <laughs> well, right, but you really <laughs> liked this game, so that wasn't a good thing. Uh, Josh, I'm not going to change your assignment. You need to play a board game you've never played before. Okay, I can do. I I hope I can do that. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> just Kyle's typing it. Play board game. Play board games. Play board game. He has. He. <laughs> I got you covered. <laughs> I I fixed it. I fixed it. Oh no! What? I don't ever. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, with that, we're going to move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're we're into. That's helping us live that balanced life. Josh, <laughs> what's your recommendation for our listeners this week? That was my oh no. I was like, oh no, I didn't do one. Uh, I <laughs> I don't have an answer. Um, uh, listen, hey, this is my recommendation. Listen, you've been working hard for the past two years or three, probably all of your years. Take a vacation. You deserve it. That's great, Josh. I, I I concur. I think everyone should use their vacation and to and take vacation and time away. It's it's very important. Yes. Um, my recommendation is a show on Netflix called The Chair. Now, admittedly, this is a very 
Kyle recommendation because I work at a university uh, and this this uh, six episode uh, dramatic comedy series is about um, the chair of an English department at a small private liberal arts school, kind of like a B tier um, Ivy League. So not, you know, your Harvard's or your Yale's, but like a, a kind of a B tier, just step below that Ivy League private college. Um, and as someone who works at a university, uh, there's a lot of things that happen in this show that I can 100% relate to. Uh, so if you do have any connection to education, I think this show is going to be much more effective for you than if you don't. Uh, but even if you don't, uh, the character work by like Sandra O, oh, who, who's the main star in it, mm. uh, J.D. Plas is in the show as well, uh, is pretty well done. Uh, the character work and, and the conversations and, and the things that they do um, are overall well done. And I think that even if you aren't familiar with higher education or not connected to it in some ways, um, there are definitely things that happen in this show uh, that you've probably heard about happening at institutions of higher education. So you can probably at least relate from that standpoint. So that's The Chair on Netflix. Josh, it's been a couple hours. Uh, why, don't we, why don't we wrap this show up? Let's do it. By the way, uh, suck it, PlayStation Video Games Podcast. You can't beat us in time. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in a more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at Board with Fiji at gmail.com we tag we tag our stuff with hashtag bored with vg so please feel free to use that hashtag as well so we can see what you're up to on all social medias and whatever podcast service you're listening to us on we encourage you to give us a stellar rating that is whether you're downloading us from the dice tower network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed i will say Instead of my plugs, check out at Josh Bones on Twitter. Look at my pinned tweet. It's for Extra Life. I have limited time left, and I'm so, so close to hitting my goal for Extra Life. A huge shout out to all the people who have donated so far. Um, And uh, I just want to point out, with so many more kids getting COVID now, uh, Extra Life is becoming even so uh, even more important um than ever to help uh give these these kids uh the help they need so uh if you can even donate five bucks i would appreciate it i'll take i'll take whatever you can give but five bucks is a good start uh so check it out at josh bones on twitter there's a link to my extra life campaign and i appreciate any and all donations kyle where can people find you so you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Cyclocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.